Hello, listeners. I'm Fran Polaro, Senior Editor at Pharmaceutical Executive, covering the sales and marketing vertical. Today on the podcast, we are hosting Mort Nielsen, Senior Partner for the Life Sciences Practice at Wickiefer. This episode will serve as a companion listen to our June Pharma 50 issue, which captures full-year drug revenue performance across top pharma companies. Morton is one of the co-authors of Wickkeeper's research conducted for the Top 50 Pharma issue, which focuses on the importance of trust in the pharma industry. Morton, how are you today? Brian, I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Let's get rolling. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Wickkeeper, and can you describe your role for the life sciences practice at Wickkeeper? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So as you mentioned, I'm a senior partner in uh, Wickkeeper's Global Life Sciences uh, Practice. I've been providing leadership advisory and executive search to the life sciences industry for just about 18 years now. Prior to that, I spent 25 years in the life sciences industry, mostly in global leadership roles. That period of time in my career was almost equally divided between pharma and biotech on one side and medical technology companies on the other. So I spent about half my professional life here in the US, the other half internationally. So I love working across cultures. I started my career as a biochemical scientist, by the way. Wikifer is a global executive search and leadership firm, and we, we, we're we working with organizations that are focused on the improvement of quality of life. And that's that covers life sciences, covers healthcare, healthcare providers, academic medicine, and, and higher education and a few other, other places. We've been around for a long time, uh, just over 50 years. So I think we've gained the experience and the track record that makes us good partners to our clients. Definitely. 50 years is quite a bit of experience. So let's get into trust. So trust is often discussed when it comes to the pharmaceutical industry, but as a concept more broadly, trust can be seemingly vague and difficult to determine. What does trust mean for you and how do you specifically define that? Good question. So trust in the pharma industry is one of the sector's most discussed topics. And you point out it, it can be really hard to define. So in the research that we just released, we aim to define trust in the view that demystifies the concept and, and applies it more to real-world activities of, of, in this case, pharma companies. So we created what we call a hierarchy of trust that consists of three building blocks. You can think of it the same way as Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And as we all know, in that hierarchy of needs, each element must be completed before you can move on to the next. That's the same uh, in, in our hierarchy of trust. The first of the three building blocks that we define is pretty elementary, but also very important. It's the benefits of, of medicines. So this is about compliance with relations and quality standards, and it's about having confidence in pharma companies' ability to produce safe, effective, and high-quality products. I think it's safe to say that all of the pharma companies that is on the top 50 list that is being released, obviously, pass that, that first level with flying colors. So we can move on to the second building block, which is about integrity. It is almost like compliance, but with ethical standards rather than quality standards or regulations. Some pharma companies actually take this to a higher level, what's referred to as patient centricity. So that's where you move on from just focusing on the use of a particular product being a therapeutic, be it a diagnostic, to really engaging in providing a high-quality experience for the entire process, including for the patient and obviously for the caregivers. So the third and probably most interesting building block is the social contract. That's where we start talking about pharma companies' responsibility for the impact of their products and for the impact of their business operations on society, environment, et cetera. 
That area uh, has changed rapidly over the last several years. And today we include things that like covert social responsibility, diversity and inclusion, sustainability and today. So these three building blocks of benefits to medicine, integrity, and the social contract taken together is how we defined the hierarchy of trust. And we think it's a way that we can comprehensively, but also nuanced, use it to analyze trust in pharma companies. I really love the patient centricity bit because doctors and HCPs and, and pharma really should take the patient through the entire journey from, you know, initial prescription to adhering and, and finally getting better. They should be along there for the whole journey. So now that we have a better understanding of what exactly trust entails, how can they measure their level of trust and use that knowledge to improve? And are there any techniques you would like to share with our listeners? Yeah, let's dive into the details of that. So uh, the way we break down the concept of trust and how to make that operational is to focus on four dimensions. It's governance, culture, leadership, and structure. And they are all four, I would say, equally important. So let's talk a little about each of the, the four dimensions. In, on governance, our research showed that over 70% of the top 50 pharma companies covers ESG or sustainability or corporate social responsibility through an already existing board committee. And no surprise, in most of those cases, it's the governance committee. The good news is that the other almost 30% of the top 50 pharma companies have created at least one separate board committee that addressed key elements of what you're talking about, sustainability, corporate social responsibility, et cetera. Another interesting aspect that came to light in our research is the power is demonstrated in the power of having board members that has specific skill sets or specific knowledge bases that are directly linked to the provision of care. So outside of the pharmaceutical industry, into payers and providers and others that are a part of the convergence of the, the healthcare environment, that can definitely strengthen the pharma company's ability to navigate some of the thorny issues around corporate social responsibility. It could be helpful in terms of enabling them to be seen as and document the partnership in public health. Moving on to culture, we all know that trust is not a result of compliance. Trust is most often a result of a culture of transparency and inclusiveness and fairness, right? There's research, this is not our research, there's research out there showing that companies that has that kind of culture tend to have much higher levels of trust among their employees. In our research, we found that at least 13 out of the top 50 companies has launched culture-related initiatives in the last few years. All of those initiatives has been around how do you demonstrate purpose in the day-to-day operation of the company, how do you empower team members, and ultimately, how do you instill and build increasing trust with patients and regulators and and certainly with investors as well. So moving on to leadership and specifically leadership as it relates to to making trust building operational, there's a couple of examples that comes to mind. One is driving a consistent and intentional leadership development process that are directly linked to the strategy and the purpose of the organization is a great way to, over time, build the mindsets and the behaviors that, that inspires trust building. Secondly, putting in place financial incentives and performance metrics that are directly related to elements of diversity, equity, inclusion, CSR, ESG, et cetera, we think that that really has the power to accelerate and and also to support the culture of uh, ethics and sustainability and, and trust. So one of the bright and happy moments in our research was when we found that two out of three of the companies that has publicly available compensation structures 
actually has performance metrics and related financial incentives, incentive plans for their executives that are directly related to either DEI, ESD, or some other subset of sustainability. The final dimension here is, is structure. And in under the headline of structure, we think that formalizing roles within the trust building areas, operationally trust building areas, such as compliance and sustainability, et cetera. And especially if they can be elevated to sit at, at the C-suite level, it is really a very powerful way of using structure to promote trust building inside and outside of the pharma companies. So by working to improve those four dimensions, governance, culture, leadership, and structure, we believe that, that our pharma companies can effectively demonstrate a strong commitment to trust building, both with our internal team and with the, with the general public. Nice. Yeah. And it really does start from the top down with those leaders. It does. It absolutely does, Frank. Building trust within teams, the company, patients, healthcare professionals, and all other internal and external stakeholders is crucial for leaders in this industry. So what advice do you have for leaders looking to promote trust in their day-to-day work? Yeah. So again, based on our research and certainly the research of others, our recommendation is, is leaders that are looking to promote trust should lean into three elements, transparency, inclusion, and follow-through. Uh, and again, like some of the other elements, we think that if you don't do all three, you're probably not going to get the full impact. So I'll speak briefly about each of those three. So transparency is a very broad element, obviously, but it includes things like explaining the rationale behind decisions. So not with intent to get people to agree or disagree, but rather to demonstrate that a fair and transparent decision-making process was used to come to that outcome. Transparency also involves acknowledging and owning mistakes because, quite frankly, we all, we all do them. So transparency is a very broad element, but it does include things like explaining the rationale of one's decisions, not with the intent to get people to agree or disagree, but with the purpose of demonstrating that a fair and transparent and inclusive decision-making process was, was being utilized. It also involves acknowledging and owning, owning mistakes because let's be honest, we all make mistakes from time to time. Driving and promoting inclusion, which is the second element here, begins with the executive team. Starts at the top, as we talked about just a few minutes ago. Those team members obviously need to have the expertise and the experiences required to perform their jobs, but they also equally need to have the traits and behaviors of trustworthy leaders. So what does that mean? It means modeling things like courage and active listening, humility, and really important, especially at the top of the house, enterprise perspective. It's important that the executive team members understand that their collective purpose in building trust includes all of the constituents, not just those that sit within their function or their business. Building trust internally, externally also means taking time to address moments of broken trust. And you know, I'm not going to bring examples, but we've all seen situations both in this industry and other industries fairly recently where there's been a need to address moments of broken trust and do use those situations to, to move the, uh, the trust building forward. Lastly, follow through is essential. It includes aspects like walk the talk. It includes aspects like holding team members accountable. As I said, not just for the financial results, or for the functional results, but also for their behaviors and how they engage with others. 
Yeah. So I'd love to see more transparency and follow through, at least at the top of the industry, those in the spotlight in, in the past three years or so, I feel like there was like a lack of conversation right. and debate in general. Yeah. So for me, that's baseline. But looking to the future, what are your thoughts on how the pharmaceutical industry will evolve in terms of trust? And what practical steps can leaders take to demonstrate this shift to the public and build trust? The analysis that we did that was just published showed that the pharma companies are highly committed to trust building, and they're actually doing a great deal to increase trust. I think they're a good place, but, but there's more to be done. We also looked at their contributions during the COVID-19 pandemic, and it was clear that what they did and how they operated led to an increase in trust metrics, both for the industry in itself and, and also as a subsector of the overall health sector. As always, now is the time to not rest on your laurels, but to build this new, new, new increased trust by, by taking the opportunity to continue to prioritize trust as, as a business imperative in everyday, day-to-day -day interactions with internal and external activities. We think that trust is and should be an integral part of the pharmaceutical industry. And we think it's fundamental to a pharma company's ability to deliver on its stated mission. Agree completely. Wonderful points. Thank you so much. I've, I've had actually had a sneak peek at the article. I love it. It's very thick, but like I said, there's not a word out of place. It's going to be great for readers to check it out and listen to this as well. So thank you so much for being on, Morton. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to listening to it myself and checking out the article. Thank you, friend. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Farm Exec Podcast, where we take you behind the headlines to provide expert tips from industry leaders. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter, at farmexec, on Instagram, at farmexecutive, and on YouTube, Pharmaceutical Executive Magazine. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of Farmexec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions or to get in touch with the editors, please email us at farmexec.com at mjhlifesciences.com. For sponsorship opportunities, please go to farmexec.com backslash advertise. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time.